Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Oedipus, the podcast where we explore the culture of beer. And I'm your host, Danny Walker. For any new listeners, it's great to have you tuning in. This is episode number 23 and we have lots more to show you. I recommend you head over to our website to find all previous episodes of the podcast. There you will also find some guest mixes recorded live in the brewery by our resident taproom DJs. The address is oedipus.com forward slash radio. The podcast is also available by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. On to today's show, Victor Brangolo joins me around the table, the lead designer here at Oedipus. Our guest is Rick Nelson, co-founder of Taverno Willy Baker, a new bar here in Amsterdam North. Rick has also featured on the podcast before, as he is one of the co-founders of Oedipus. Since leaving Oedipus, Rick has been involved in a few different projects before focusing on Taverno Willy Baker. It's a dancing bar serving sessionable beer in half a litre glasses and also good quality food. We discuss all about how Rick set this up, what we can expect there and how he views the bar and service industry. As well as that, there's the beer review, what's in the fridge with Marilyn Crone and the quiz. All that on today's episode of the Radio Oedipus podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Oedipus. Happy to be joined by Victor Brangolo. How are you doing today, mate? Hello, Danny. I'm very good. Thank you. Good, good. And we are joined today by Rick Nelson, co-founder of a new bar, restaurant, Amsterdam North Hotspot, Taverno Willy Baker, and of course, co-founder of Oedipus as well. How are you doing today, mate? Very good. Very good. Well, congratulations on being... Uh, well, congratulations on everything uh, Willy Taverno. To be honest, mate, congrats on opening up and uh, congratulations on being the first guest to be invited back on the podcast. Oh, wow. (laughs) What a privilege. And you also accepted, so you must have enjoyed yourself last time. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe you wanted to set something straight, you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. All right, well, let's see how this conversation develops. And we all know uh, that you know your stuff when it comes to beer. What was the last beer that you drank, Rick? It's 10 minutes ago. Ten minutes ago. Schlenkerla. Schlenkerla. Rauchmetzen. Oh, nice. Big yeah. fan of that. Big yeah. fan of that. was uh, hoping to see it on the table here, but... Uh... Well, we actually had it on the table a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it was? Yeah, with Jan and Elaine. And I, I tried to keep ah. the beer selection fresh, you know. I guess so, yeah. So maybe next time when we invite you back for a third time, <laughs> all right? <laughs> for uh, wine testing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for another one. Uh, so what does the day in the life of Rick Nelson look like at the moment? Whoa, yeah, that's uh, a lot of work. Uh, yeah, being also behind the bar, in front of the bar, managing the bar. Uh, and, uh, well, the bar is just newly opened, so we're still uh, fine-tuning it, tweaking it. And, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff around it, getting also nice beers in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think tomorrow is my first day off since a uh, month. So this was also kind of it. my... I just had uh, the last... Kind of a meeting, and then uh, I thought, like, oh, let's crack open a, a Schlenkerla to celebrate the weekend. Nice, and come and have a chat to us, so yeah. that's good. All right, well, let's start the show off as we usually do, and let's talk about beer. So, as you'll see in front of you guys, I've brought uh, Valhalla's new beer. was freshly released uh, last Friday. <laughs> it is Andrasta, a black IPA. Uh, Quick of a bit of an update, or sorry, bit of a check-in about Valhalla, if people aren't aware. They're our neighbours here in Amsterdam North. 
They have a brewery and tap room just around the corner. Paul and Art are... Shout out to Art. Yeah, shout out to Art. Great brewer. He's a, They were previous guests on the show. We talked a lot about mythology, didn't we, Victor? Oh, yes, that was great. <laughs> it was good I fun, really, wasn't They were really the gods. The gods impersonated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what we've got in front of us here is a black IPA, which... Yeah, it's a mixture of roasted malts and uh, West Coast hops. Apparently it's citrusy and a bit uh, stout-like, let's say. So, Rick, maybe you have maybe the most beer knowledge around the table here, so maybe you can kick us off with a bit of uh, tasting. It's fun, man. A a black IPA. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's too young to be a retro, or uh, maybe it is already. No. It is great. Uh it's also new for me, this. So uh, I think I told me that uh, that this was coming on, and uh, very happy to try it now. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, yeah, the, the the creamy head, it's a bit bit uh, not pale white, more a bit. Uh, what is it? Uh, you bit, call bit that crema? Or knacker? You know when you have in shells? You know this uh, knacker or nacre? You have the shell, the inside of a shell. Okay, is that the way, is that what you call the color? Looks, is that the well, it looks name? like bone, maybe a bit darker bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something of of a yeah solid, mm. solid white. Uh, yeah, great smell, like uh, like from a black IPA. Also, very hoppy smell as well, isn't it? It's not like uh, yeah, most Quite of the room. bitter, <laughs> huh? Yeah, a bitter smell. Mm. Well, it's often with black IPAs. If you close your eyes uh, and you would not know it, you would. I I would was like, oh, that's kind of like a West Coast IPA. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but you feel in the the mouth feel the, the I would say the the rusty present. Yeah, no? the roastedness. Yeah. Yeah. Are, you, are we getting much citrus as well alongside that? Well, I just had a coffee. That's <laughs> still on the table, <laughs> which I think uh, complements each other here, but um, takes also a bit away of the yeah, of it's the tricky right? certain kind of fruitiness. But it definitely has the rosiness of kind of the darker malts, but then it's really fruity. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I always kind of I, I liked the style there yeah. when this first came around. It was like, oh, what's that? And I was like stouts, and then this was something like. Uh, a lot, a lot less people like this kind of style because mm-hmm. they, especially in the Netherlands, didn't really like stouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun. But I think there were not that many good examples with uh, brews in the Netherlands itself. But this is actually a good one. It's like uh, almost eight years later than the first one <laughs> uh, released here. But it's uh, it's fun. It's a funny style. But at the end, yeah, I don't think it became very popular. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people will see that in a glass and think like, oh, that flavor is not for me because they maybe don't like a, a stout yeah. or a porter. But it's this This really doesn't take it. Like you say, on the blind tasting, you would just think it's a regular IPA with some darker notes. Especially in the aroma, especially in the aroma. Yeah. Victor, do you know anything about uh, Andastra? I'm afraid, there... no, I have no idea what Andrasta can be, but the label evoke a lot of um, a lot of people uh, in a like crazy looks of people. Maybe there's something a bit uh, sub- subvertive in that label, and in the in maybe in the beer style is subvertive for a Dutch brewery. There mm. is some there are all these faces on a red background, looking a bit crazy, uh, sort of a, like a uh, a brawl or <laughs> or in the rugby you know you have the the pack in the center there's a bit of that vibe to it so 
I'm not sure, but it evokes something quite, uh, yeah, subversive to me. This person looks very peaceful to the left. Bit demonic, though. It looks a bit like a clown face, doesn't it? It's very happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe well, maybe this person just took the mask off, you know? Yeah, maybe. but that's what yeah, I was maybe. thinking. They they are they don't they don't uh, respect the one point five meter distance on the VR. No, but that, <laughs> not in the God no, world. No, no, no. They shouldn't. The they shouldn't. They are not. They are really not. So, above, so that's probably why they're above that. They're These above that, rules yeah. are only for humans, you know. Yeah. <laughs> not for gods. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think this is actually just a regular label that they use for this kind of uh, beers, but then with a different color. Because they yeah. also have like their chas, which is I think exactly the same label, but then with blue instead of red. Ah, maybe because it's uh, a bit more of a limited release. Yeah, you know. Somehow, yeah, yeah. Yes, they told us the limited editions are different mm -hmm. designs. They are more. Uh, they are not about one god. So maybe yeah. this is a, a concept or an idea of something that goes with gods. Like it's the maybe it's gods queuing up in the God's Hall for their beer, Andrasta, maybe that's what it means. Andrasta is, I did actually research this, it is ah. the Roman <laughs> goddess of war. Uh, Andrasta? Yeah, that is the Roman goddess of war. There is a I goddess of I know, war. Paul, I know Paul listens to the show, so maybe I'm wrong, uh, so I do apologise there, but ah. that's where I think Andrasta is, yeah. Because we always know Mars being the god of war. And maybe that's Greek, I don't know. I don't no, want to get no, into Mars it. Is also Mars Roman. is a, a Roman... Ares God is, Latin, goddess. is Greek. Goddess. Yeah. goddess maybe maybe yeah. he's a god and goddess. I do apologize if I'm tiptoeing on any mythology geeks at toes here. Andrasta. That's what my research found. But yeah, it's a delicious beer, so shout out to Valhalla. Mm -hmm. Another good beer. Shout out, yeah. Ari. Make Apollo uh, again, man. We need the lagers. We need, should we like call them out? We need yeah, it back. Yeah. Bring it back. All right, Rick, so we're going to focus the attention on you since you've been kind enough to join us in the room. Taverna Willy Baker is uh, Amsterdam North's new drinking uh, and dancing bar. So tell me, how did the idea first come about for Willy? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, it wasn't planned at all. It was not, uh, that's, oh, let's make this bar. It was more uh, kind of a couple things coming together. Uh, first of all, me wanting to do other stuff, uh, stepping out Oedipus in June last year and just, uh, well, first not, not wanting to be busy with beer for a long time, uh, just other things, music, uh, and maybe art again, but of course still liked beer. Um, and I had ideas for a different kind of brewery for a longer period, but that was, I didn't see that happening yet because of the market and, uh, because I don't know. Um, so there were, were ideas, but it was like, okay, let's wait. Let's do other things for now. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I was with one of the guys who's now, uh, my, uh, partner in the company. We were actually busy for another plan, looking into a space, bigger space, even with possibility of having workspace studios for audio, for musicians, uh, for artists also, and then also Horeca bar or restaurant combination. We went to a couple to see a couple spaces, but didn't work out in the end. Um, and then, well, we stayed in touch. And then, uh, after a couple months, he, we were talking again. He said, "Oh, we just found this space here in North. Uh, you should come and have a look." Mm -hmm. And when when I came in, it was a weird space. It looked totally different than how it looks now. But you came in into this hallway, uh, which was kind of, everything was pretty run down and gross, but then the, yeah. then you entered this big room 
which was this pretty nice wooden floor actually and kind of high ceilings and some wood against the walls. And to me, that immediately kind of felt like a, like a beer stube, like a German beer hall. Okay. But at the same time, what used to be in there was like a shisha lounge combination with a Greek Nord couscous line and pizza phone. Okay. Kind of like a takeaway, dark kitchen kind of place. Really kind of dodgy place. Also super gross, the kitchen. But it was fun. Uh, it was a fun space. And I then I then we started talking. I made a plan. Uh, and I kind of made a combination of this German beer hall, mm-hmm. uh, where I yeah, and also the then the what used to be in there kind of Greek Turkish cuisine. Uh, and in the original idea, I had also other countries um, involved in the kitchen, like even more kind of street food from from Mexico, and at the same time also pop food from UK, mm-hmm. uh, because I re- I saw it as a kind of a a simple place where you would go and drink all day, uh, a place for the people, Not nothing nothing difficult, nothing very complex or complicated. Uh, I think one of the words that we used uh, was also no nonsense, you know, just like, let's... let's no bullshit. No bullshit. <laughs> yeah. uh, you see what you get. It, 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 this is just uh, a fun place to drink and also don't think and talk too, too long uh, or too much about it. Um so that was all all in there and then kind of the plan came together and we started actually tearing down the building because it was was too run down or not the whole building but the inside the interior and this beautiful wooden ceiling came uh well came visible and we started working and um and then yeah I had this idea for this beer list uh which was all about drinking uh yeah endlessly in a way just drink a lot of them <laughs> don't don't be <laughs> Don't be blown away by flavors or don't be, yeah, too difficult in the concepts, in the naming, in the in the branding. Mm-hmm. In a way, very opposite of Oedipus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not only German, but also I think there's in all kinds of cultures or in times there, there are these kind of beers. But you never see them next to each other. It's either you go to Belgium to a right. very rustic bar where you have this yeah. kind of culture, or you go to Germany where you have this, or to an English pub. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, but these are great to have next to each other because they are very, they're still unique to uh, to each other. And as a tap list, ten of those beers next to each other, it's also very unique in a way. Mm. Uh, and it also makes a chance to not feature like all the gimmicky or or, or trendy kind of stuff, but but still have a very original beer list. Mm. And uh, a lot of flavors that people can drink, actually a lot of. So there also we thought it has to be half liters. It's kind of the normal thing. People can, of course, also order 25 centiliters. But um, all all thought about, think about sitting around the table with friends uh, and drinking uh, these pints uh, or German half liters. Uh, and also wine, because I think it's not the only beer that you have this culture, especially in the more Eastern Mediterranean Greek area, you have right, yeah. uh, this with wine. Uh, so, and in Basque country, not Mediterranean, but there you have it also with ciders and also with wine. So, kind of places I visited that I felt like, oh yeah, this, 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 these places have something in common. Mm. Let's bring it together. Uh, and then we got Chef Julius uh, Schenk uh, came aboard, and he kind of dialed uh, the the menu more. Made it a bit more uh, simple, and I think also a lot more focused. Like, okay, this is we're not gonna bring in the tacos or the English pop food. Maybe later on events, but uh, for now, East Mediterranean, Turkish with some German hints. Mm-hmm. 
And what's no. your role in the in the setup? Yeah, a uh, bit of everything. Well, I think uh, from the start, managing, well, coming up with ID, managing uh, that's going to happen. Uh, we're with quite a lot of partners and everyone uh, does a bit of everything. Uh, also, we, we did uh, a lot of the building, especially the guys, Julius also, and some of the other partners. They're very handy, so yeah. I'm not so handy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah, that's... That that happens, and now on a daily basis, uh, running the bar, making sure there's always good good products, mm. good wines, good beer, and yeah, uh, also behind the bar actually. But that's 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 I think for uh, for the beginning good to kind of see how it how it feels. Uh, also, these beers are they're not very. I think they're very accessible. Yeah, but they are still to a lot of people unknown. So it kind of needs a little guidance. Uh, Mm. that people know what to drink. Yeah. And uh, Rick, I have a question about the name, yeah. Taverno Willy Becher. Can you explain us what it means and what is for you the difference between a taverno and a bar? Oh, or yeah. uh, what, what do you think? Good question. Mm. It is uh, a combination of two things. Taverno was, is for me a place, it's kind of a made-up word, uh, but a mixture of several of these cultures you have in english the tavern dutch taverne dutch belgian flemish uh you have taverna in greece um, and taverno is kind of like a combination and then later i found when we already had the name this was actually uh, also used in esperanto so that was kind of funny ah. so it is already kind of a combination of european uh, places but we had that name and then it was it sounded a bit too chic taverno on itself It was like, oh, Taverno is, uh, yeah, and then maybe you have some other expectations. And the German side was not really represented in it yet. So, um, and I w we had this glass. Uh, I had this idea of this glass that I really like because it's kind of used for drinking uh, half liters. Great glass. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I was talking to my partners about, yeah, we have to have this glass. And they were like, yeah, you, you with this glass. And this glass is named the, the Willy Becher. Uh, It's a very typical glass. Uh, and then we were like, yeah, this is actually a very nice name to add on because it also sounds like a name of a person in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it combined everything and it's a totally ridiculous, difficult name for people. So you say Taverno Willy Becher and they always say like Taverno what? <laughs> uh, but I think it, uh, it works out. Yeah, and if people ask about it, it's just, it's the glass, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And tavern is also in French used uh, as a place for, it's like a sort of the, before the concept of bars were around, yeah. you were more like, it's a place to gather and eat and drink, but it's really the local food. Yeah. That's the... Yeah, I think that's it, that it is. Kind of in Dutch also have a herberg where mm -hmm. you can stay. Uh, well, you can stay here, unfortunately, it would be great, but you kind of... Feels also very homey, so mm -hmm. you, you can. It's kind of home away from home. You stay there indeed all day, and food is very part of it. But it's in a way also not really a restaurant. Uh, it's not. Yeah, now with the whole COVID situation, you need to make reservations and stuff. But yeah, it would be perfect that you can just walk in and stay there all day, and uh, also long tables where you can join other people. That's also kind of difficult now with COVID, but that's where we uh, hope to go to. Yeah, nice. Yeah, like, it's funny you mentioned it, but accessibility seems to be, like, the, the key theme with Taverna Willy Baker. And uh, 
but a lot of other new restaurants are constantly trying to push the boundaries with something unique. What would you say uh, Taverna Willy Baker? What makes Willy Tal- uh, Taverna Willy Baker unique? Would you say, Rick? Ah, I, I think uh, I don't know. I think that's for other people to decide what's unique. But I think what I said just before, I think it's uh, still uh, you either have beer bars or you have wine bars. But you never have, you don't really have a place where it's combined. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at, zoom into the beers, it's, yeah, it's a tap list that's, I think it's very, in a way, very unique in the world because we have beers from, from Köln area, Cologne, Dusseldorf area, next to Franconia, next to uh, something from Belgium, uh, something from the UK. This is not often what you see. Maybe you mm-hmm. saw it in a way like, 10, 15 years ago in a bar, mm-hmm. but then also not really. So it's kind of very special beer list in a way, but at the same time with great beers, I think they're very unique, but they're also not branding themselves as the, yeah. the newest crazy <laughs> hype, hypey beer. And that's what I like. I think the no nonsense part, like, okay, let's go, let's hear you have a great beer and you want to have 10 of those beers, you know? And yeah. That's cool. Are you concerned that it might be a bit too much, like juxtaposing all these different cultures uh, together? Maybe same with the food. Would it become too much on the palate? I think it was in the beginning. That's yeah. why I think we kind of already narrowed it down a bit. Um, and over time, I think we can make some nice excursions to other cultures or event-based stuff. But I think it's for now, it's not too much. I think there is some nice juxtaposition happening yeah, but it's it feels as a whole. Also, it feels like oh yeah, you are in this place, and it makes sense to order a liter bottle of this wine yeah. and have a pint of beer, and the next beer is a different kind of pint, um, and then you have a either a kebab or you have like this very nice grilled stuff from the from the from the uh, barbecue. Yeah, mm. which very much suit each other. You know, drinking. Uh, I would love yeah, to have yeah, a pint yeah. while drinking a kebab. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said. Uh, there's something unique. I found out there are two very unique things in the place. Oh. There is the windmill on top of the building at the entrance, oh, yeah. and there is the giant pig painting that is inside the place. So can you explain us what is each what each means? Yeah, the, the, the giant windmill on the roof was Ward Sissy Day, one of my partners. He um again, if you look at this windmill, the the I call them the separated things, the the, the, flat, blades. the blades, blades, blades yeah. are the Willy Beggers. They are the ah, that's <laughs> the, good. All they right. are the glasses uh, filled with kind of beer. But uh, yeah, he came up with this idea. A friend of his is this artist who make these installations, and uh, we were thinking, if you come around the corner from from Mosplein here in North, mm-hmm. you you see kind of that that field and the building, but. Now you really see it. You always yeah. see it. It's kind of a positive thing, and also across the that that field is the Coptic Church. Oh, okay. They have this neon light pink cross, Christian cross. <laughs> so it's kind of a fun eye catcher, and like to see that in in one in one eye that you can see. Oh, ah, okay. uh, kind of a de- destination. And normally, of course, you have always a bar next to the church. So it's like, ah, here we are. Purgatory. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. For the men to run to, or yeah, women, yeah. To, after they've uh, 
had to confess their sins. Yeah, or start <laughs> new sins. Yeah, exactly. So. But, uh, and the pig, yeah, I don't know, it's a tradition, eh? Open a bar mm -hmm. and uh, paint a pig. But it had to be, this time, more fluffy, bigger, and uh, even more... Bigger? More. Yeah, it's it possible. Big <laughs> it's bigger, yeah. yeah. But you, did you painted the pig? Yeah, 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 again. Yeah, yeah. So what is your relation to pig? This one, I think it's, uh, for me, it's, uh, the pig is a very... Uh, sweet and innocent animal that uh, that enjoys life and but is also often i don't uh, how you say is a victim of being um i say treated not so well mm -hmm. and uh, yeah i think it's it's a uh, but it also shows kind of a, a burgundy life in a way is that the right way to say it yeah I don't know. we say in dutch yeah the like uh Epicurean lifestyle, enjoying fl flavors, yeah, enjoying uh, and enjoying you know rolling in the mud. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, of course. And at the same yeah. time, I mean that it's a, it, there is a beauty and, and also an innocence in that, and mm. um, that's what I liked. Yeah, and this one is uh, Mangalitsa pig, especially mm -hmm. uh, with uh, with the curls, with the with the hairs, which is a very unique breed. Which is where does it come <laughs> from? Originally, it comes from Hungary, but mm -hmm. it's, um, I think, also bred a lot in, in Spain. It apparently makes also the best, well, to some people, the best uh, pork meat. But, mm -hmm. uh, I was wondering, but yeah, would you beautiful. find it on the menu? Could you no, find it on the, no, on the menu no, no, anytime no. soon? I don't think so, maybe. Uh, but um, it's a beautiful pick. If I, if I feel down or yeah. I just want to laugh, I recommend everyone to now take your phone and check out Mangalitsa pig. Mangalitsa pig. Mangalitsa pig. And you are instantly gratified with happiness. Yeah, wow. that's good. If you've had too many uh, willy bakers of uh, beer in Rick's new place and you need cheering up on the Sunday morning, you know uh, what to Google, all right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I have one more question about the, the location. And it, because it's, it, like you said, it, it is in this old uh, shisha bar with uh, Mediterranean feel. And it's in a very industrial area of Amsterdam North. Was there any thoughts there of trying to upkeep some of its cultural heritage, like you're going for this Mediterranean feel um, because of the culture of the area? What do you mean with culture of the area? Yeah, it's very working class, very... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of gentrification where bars oh, yeah, come yeah, around, yeah. you know, and, and you've kind of kept it maybe in line with a little bit of what is going on in the area. A little bit. At the same time, it's difficult. You say it, uh, yeah, you hit it on the spot. We are part of gentrification. That's, yeah. We were also a part of that here with Oedipus when we landed here for the first time in North. And yeah, uh, of course, I think uh, people from the South or from below the water will come because they think it's maybe a trendy or hip or new location. Uh, but it's not the aim. I think with yeah, we want to try to have this no nonsense uh, vibe, nuchter. We would say in Dutch, but it's always difficult to translate. Mm -hmm. Sober, maybe uh, neutral, neutral yeah. in a way. Um, and yeah, I would love that it is for the working class in a way because the prices are actually it's really well priced. Uh, I was thinking, yeah, it's definitely uh, accessible. Part of that also, but I think still. Uh, it's not Heineken or Amstel, which is on tap. So that's maybe for for still for the majority uh, kind of. Oh yeah, but we have had uh, already quite some some neighbors and families coming in, uh, okay. which is great, which I really like. And the people that visit, it's a very eclectic group. There are some beer beer heads, 
but there's also some people that, that hear about the new place, but a lot of neighbors mm-hmm. and people that, yeah, they want to come for a dance or something, uh, which we can't do. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, Unfortunately no. yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a question about that. Like the dancing bar, I was wondering how that fits in with the plans. I know we, we all know about the restrictions, yeah. but do you think maybe with the, the large scale gatherings, clubs and venues all limited due to current regulations, people might look towards smaller, quainter, uh, locations to catch good music with DJs? Yeah, uh, maybe. But for now, the time being, we can't really offer... Uh, we did some music. We probably may might, may continue with also with DJs on uh, uh, in the place. But also that, I think, without Corona, I think it should be a place where you just come uh, for dance. Or drink and then start dancing or eat and afterwards we move the tables away and uh, it's dancing. But also in a very, again, in that no-nonsense way. We're not going to be very difficult with DJs or very, 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 I say, hip and trendy DJs or, or that kind of stuff. We want to have also live music, at least on one of the days. Uh, because I think that's also has something lively made in the space. Very Mediterranean uh, as well. In a way, Mediterranean. It's a very nice uh, style. Exactly. And, and that's something else. And then more DJ forward culture. And it would be great that in a while people would know like, oh yeah, it's a place where you go for dance. Doesn't matter who's DJing, but it's fun music. In one hand, it's not too difficult, but it's also not just hitches or top, uh, I know the top, uh, I call it, top chart kind of music. Yeah. So <laughs> something in between, and and we yeah we, we I think I I always used to like to go to the Pacific Park, the older one, how it used to be, and it's a place where you used to go because you met new people. It was a very flirty environment. It was very fun. The music was always good in a fun way. Uh, that also invited people to dance with each other. I think that's also what a dancing is, and uh, not so much alone towards a DJ in a, in the dark room, which I also love. Uh, but I think this is just a different kind of kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. But for this, all we have to. We can <laughs> only to, dream for now. Yeah. But, so yeah, yeah we, we can dream about it. Yeah, yeah. Cannot even do polonaise. That's that. Would, yeah, probably that's how it all started. Huh? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and you spoke about the food uh, uh, briefly. Your, your um, business partner Julian, um, Julius. Julius, I do apologize, Julius. But yeah, so the food it seems really good, high quality, but it also is accessible, really fitting of the environment that you're trying to create. Um, do you think that's now a sign of the times that maybe having a lavish, formal dinner setting is kind of past? No, I think it's just different way of experiencing. I do think that there is, in general, in flavor and in, in if craft beer, I think there's kind of a curve that that uh, some people have, I say, been experiencing that. Uh, I think there's only a certain amount of time that you can be interested in the new, in the novel, in the extreme and in the weird, uh, weird stuff. And, and, and some people can take that longer, some people can't. But in a way, I think after that you come... Uh, to a, to a place where you start reappreciating again more simple things uh, and simple flavors, uh, which are actually also really good, you know. Uh, and I think that's that is on a larger scale maybe happening uh, to some in some tr- in some cultures or some beer culture or horeca uh, bar culture, especially in Amsterdam. So I think I came up with this idea before Corona was happening yet, so I was already kind of. Seeing like, okay, this is, I think, what people are wanting in a bit. 
But now even more, I think it's, there's still kind of a, a, a verbroedering, how you say, brothering. Brothering. Yeah, that's you. Broadening. No, right. verbroedering. <laughs> Uh, fraternity yeah kind of coming together you know okay, like, okay, okay, okay let's yeah uh i think that's something that that uh that that this place is really about i guess okay um and i think that is very that ex that is expressed in a table full with all kind of products mm -hmm. and doesn't matter how much you know about it doesn't matter that it's also that you're enjoying wine or cider next to it it's all just like yeah let's let's do that um and yeah, not being difficult with tasting it from a snifter or uh, that you know that you're so in the know about these products. I think that's yeah, that's interesting to a few, but not and to a majority. The space for both, the, um, I guess. Uh, yeah, not not interfering. No, no, no. And no. is the food um, made, uh, let's say, using local product, or are you working with? Uh, China, we work a lot with China. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, is, is this also <laughs> big, part of the, the big boys? <laughs> is this part of the concept or your uh, decisions to work with local product, or is it depending on the food you're making? It is. It is in a way seasonal. Uh, definitely, Julius just uh, took off the the starter dish we had, like a very classical dish, like uh, melon with ham, mm -hmm. but then we make it with Schwarzwalder schinken. Uh, like a smoked ham from Germany, but now the melon gets out of season, so uh, he's making another dish out of that. Uh, and I think everything we work with on kind of a Turkish distributor and the food, I say, food uh, supplier supplier here mm -hmm. in Amsterdam, uh, who gets us kind of very typical stuff. Um, and yeah, we try to eventually once we have the fields up and running, I think we can say that we have that uh, next spring. Uh, then we want to have a portion of the field to uh, work with a guy with a community that can farm the, that field, kind of permaculture field. And mm -hmm. then we have definitely some herbs, some uh, one-year vegetables or fruits coming from the garden to the our own garden, which is in front, uh, into the kitchen. So that's, uh, yeah, that would be great if that's... If we can start with it as soon as possible, yeah. Maybe yeah. even some crowds this winter. Ah. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to call Marilyn Crone, who's located near Daventer. She runs a business called Moltzak, a company that makes rucksacks out of old malt bags. Let's give her a call to see what's in her fridge. Hi, Marilyn Crone. How are you today? Yeah, very well. Yes. Happy to be in the show. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm really happy to have you join me. It's great to have a chat. You run Moltzak, a company that makes handmade backpacks and bags out of old malt sacks, which is a great idea. How did that first come about? Well, when I was drinking a beer in a brewery here nearby, my eye fell on this material and uh, this is the beginning. And yeah, before, of course, I always into designing and I'm something in between a designer and an artist. So um, yeah, this was just a new cool material to work with yeah and you make them by hand as well i guess yeah yeah all by myself till now nice it's good as, as well as being uh, kind of sustainable recycling they also look very practical i know malt sacks are very tough material as well so yeah, it's true. that's really good yeah yeah so it's really practical and strong yeah i think it's really interesting that you do something creative but it's also connected to beer it's really nice to have this home brewers uh that sent me their mob bags 
they are so happy to get their mod packs into a mouth sock. And it's, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> so all happy people, yeah. Great. And now you're based in Deventer, and your brother is one of the founders of Davo, am I right? Mm-hmm. Marijn, yeah, yes. nice. Does he give you a good supply of beer as well as malt sacks? <laughs> yeah, both. Now, are you ready to talk about your fridge? Well, yeah, I think so. Yes. All right, good. <laughs> so what was the most recent beer that you drank? Well, yesterday evening I came home and the last beer in my fridge I had was a Grimbergen Blonde. Okay. Was a leftover from my road trip in France. So like mouthful taste somehow, but light, but also not, it was fresh as well. And was there another beer that recently impressed you? Well, I was in a pub somewhere and uh, I didn't know what I should drink. So I asked this guy like, hmm, I want something not too high in alcohol. And so he gave me this, it was a Flemish beer. Okay. Yeah, so it was a red brown Really uh, exciting. I never drunk it before. Oh, nice. <laughs> so uh, I was really, really happy. Uh, it was a lambic. Yes, and sweet. So there was kind of fruit, but also it was dark. So it was perfect combination, I think, on this moment. And how about a beer that you always go back to? Well, definitely. This is the surf ale of Davo. Okay. <laughs> because, yeah, I think the first time I tasted it, it was in uh, like five or six years ago. This is fresh with, with citrus and with a lot of hops. So it's fresh, and but that you should not drink too much from it, I think. Have you seen that beer develop then over the five years? Has it got better or worse? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if it's really, if it, if it changed, I don't know. Well, I should ask that. <laughs> I guess that it's uh, probably kept getting better if it's still not satisfied your palate. Yeah still want to drink it yeah well i think it's just a perfect combination between fresh and bitterness i haven't drank it personally myself but i'll have to check it out next time i'm in daventer or next time i'm in a yeah. good beer shop yeah you should yeah i will all right Marilyn. well that was great thanks for chatting about your fridge thanks for having me very cool a very special thanks to Marilyn. check out malt zach by heading to the show notes if you want to talk about your fridge, you can send me a message at radio at udipus.com. For now, let's get back into it with Rick and Victor. Now, Rick, obviously, uh, because of your history here at Udipus, when, when you open a bar, people are going to look to you for a kind of beer direction. And you've chosen the kind of uh, sessionable beers that we all love. But I was wondering, what is kind of your favourite uh style of beer to drink is it these is it these like lagers sessionable ones and do you have a favorite place to enjoy them <laughs> yeah i always find this very difficult questions yeah i think there are uh, yeah i don't know um i don't have a favorite style definitely never had there are moments i like some stuff more than other things but what I do like is, I think, a way of drinking and a way of enjoying, which is found in these kind of cultures where you can go and just drink, having great local stuff. And often in these kind of places, they have maybe one or two options, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's not, 
there's no time to be difficult about it or oh what should i have now oh yeah mm. and some of these products are super well made or maybe one of the best uh or i don't know they are really top notch but they they don't talk about that they mm. they don't even have branding around it and it's i think uh, i really appreciate that kind of stuff so these kind of beers can be found in all kind of cultures also all across all kind of styles um so yeah it should be half liter i guess <laughs> <laughs> but i can't drink anything i don't know um and the place i don't know i was just uh i came from the meeting and kind of my weekend started so i was like sit sat down and had the cat on my lap and enjoyed the schlenkerla so that was great yeah yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. sometimes so. sometimes it's just in your living room by yourself with the cat on of your course lap. but it, yeah in willy becher it's fun i really had some very happy happy moments already last weekend where you see all these people together and people really drinking half liters which i was kind of a bit like uh i say insecure about it's not really yeah, a well, you, dutch, I can imagine dutch thing mm-hmm. i can imagine you get uh, a lot of anxiety about like uh, opening up a new bar you this oh, worries yeah, yeah, and nerves you know yeah i hope it goes all okay <laughs> yeah no definitely no that 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 for sure but also um, uh, yeah do our dutch people gotta drink half liters because it's not really uh Dutch things to do, but actually, people the majority, well, I think even more than than fifty percent does it. So that makes a, a good good vibe. Like, okay, that's good, and people are really enjoying these beers. Like, yeah, that's it works. Good, yeah, finally, yeah. Pint, yeah. pint culture is <laughs> yeah. coming back to me. This is no, great. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. the COVID is now, but I can really see with the long tables, all these groups yeah. of people yeah. uh, sharing the same experience, yeah. so, and that's pretty fun. Yeah. It's it's the verbroedering, the fraternity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. yeah. But do you do you see yourself as a beer sommelier there, or is it a word that you? Uh, okay. I knew I knew that he wouldn't like that term. <laughs> no man, uh, have you been listening? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think. Uh, no, no, not not at all. What I do is try to get nice beers on. Um, we had uh, last weekend Sebastian Zauer come over from uh, Cologne. Uh, he lives in that area. And he brought uh, some beers also from uh, Dusseldorf. Uh, he brought his own beers, but also some classics. This is what I really like to do. And also thanks to the network uh, that I, uh, yeah, I would say, build up with Oedipus. I know these people that, yeah, that have this kind of connections and, and also have this uh, love, that kind of stuff in beer. So, yeah, to bring that kind of stuff to the bar is, spe- is very, very fun. Uh, I don't call it a sommelier. It's just uh, yeah, bringing these things to the people. Uh, the team loves it. Julius, the chef, likes this. And uh, yeah, eventually, I think we're going to make f- also food around it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think it's a, 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 maybe a boer sommelier would, uh, would, be, would be good. <laughs> <laughs> Farmer sommelier. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also not with beer only, of course, with wine or, yeah, or yeah. cider. Yeah. yeah. All right. When we had you on the previous show, Rick, on the Founder Special, where we talked a bit more about home brewing and the Oedipus story. But we did speak a little bit about how you maybe had the initial vision of pairing beer with events. And by combining beer with music, art and culture, you were unconsciously building a plan for a future for Oedipus. I feel you're doing a similar thing here a little bit, trying to make it as accessible as possible trying to combine these different events and not make it exclusive. How aware are you of that? Yeah, yeah, it's a comparison. I also, 
I say thought of the other other day uh, because in a, in a way it is again about introducing certain flavors uh, uh, to a wider audience because it's not many people well uh, few go but not everyone goes to Franconia on a beer trip or goes to to other places uh, for beer but then bringing them out together to Amsterdam uh, makes it accessible to a to a wider or new audience. And that also happened with craft beer, uh, with with these styles, with Oedipus, of course. Um, but then it's just kind of a, uh, that is, I think, very similar. Uh, but now it's it's even more about enjoying that in the space and making it a kind of a lived experience, and less about the branding around it. There is kind of a branding happening, uh, but it is not so much conceptual, I guess, which was very, which I was busy a lot with Oedipus. Uh, and it's it's more ephemeral. It's more lighter, and it's mm-hmm. it's less in your face. I would say, and it's more about the other products. Of course, here I'm not making something myself, but it's actually showcasing other people's products. Uh, so I also think that that should have the I said the pedestal. But yeah. I don't think it's the right word, but at least that should be visible. Um, but yeah, I think there is a, a similarity for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. fun to bring these kind of old beers uh, as a new offering to Amsterdam. Yeah, a lot of them are are already producing this kind of stuff for for decades or sometimes even century. You know, and and then then <laughs> then that's fun to that is still new to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I think the things that you're referring to as fun is which is what is really interesting about what you've done. Like with Oripus, it was bridging the gap in between uh, regular beer drinkers and the craft beer. Uh, uh, kind of scene and here you're trying to celebrate quality things um and trying to make them accessible to people and yeah. i think that and you, what you say is fun is like you find it interesting that people come and can witness this all together and that's maybe what i think is good about your character um, yeah. yeah and so yeah you mentioned it at the beginning in, in uh after the first question but after you left Oedipus. You were involved with a few couple of different projects before uh, opening Taverna Willy Baker. I- I'm curious, how was that period for you after you left, and how did you adjust? Adjust? Adjust. Like, I don't know, you must have wanted to take some time off and then uh, focus back on uh, another project. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, I think it was very good to find your own pace also, you know, just... Yeah, uh, to have time... And and look at things and do things that you didn't have time for for a long time. Also, Oedipus was great, but it was also a lot of work. Uh, I was also, I think, a year before I, I stepped out of Oedipus, uh, I was already less involved. So I was already doing some other things. Mm, but then certain there, there is a moment like, okay, you're on your own again. And everything is possible in a way. And that was also before Oedipus. Mm-hmm. And I think there were these, I had a couple of these moments in my life uh, where there is kind of, often it was was always unplanned. It wasn't planned, but you, uh, I had uh, this half year that I stepped out of uh, kind of a school after high school, wanted to become architect. And then I had to do a lot of education to get there. Um, And I stopped after half year because I didn't like it. And then my parents were totally like, oh, what the fuck is he going to do? That's uh, <laughs> He's sitting at home. I was then, I think, 16 or 17 or something. 
but this half year i also didn't know what i was doing yeah. but it was like in a, a start of uh being busy with art and and doing all kind of artistic stuff and it just came out of uh, i don't know came out of the blue in a way out of an urge and if i look now back at that half year that was actually very very uh put me oh, in the born. direction to get yeah. me to the art education and, and to get interested in that stuff but it wasn't planned and this half year was very important and this this what happened also after art education so that was i don't know 10 years later after i finished the art academy where also victor was on i was actually planning to to start a master after a year but first work a bit uh, get some money and then do uh, maybe go abroad for a master but that year was uh yeah started Oedipus, just home brewing and radio making for fun, but then these things became something else that I didn't plan. So I think that, again that year was very instrumental in doing something that you like, and then something comes out of it, but not planning it. So now I had the opportunity for the first time to kind of make that consciously. I like I say, okay, I have no idea, but I know that that's gonna work for me if I just gonna do some stuff mm -hmm. and have some fun uh, uh do things that i normally wouldn't uh, have time for i traveled a bit uh, and then this came across again so i don't know maybe some people work with careers and have a very clear planning how they get to their points and they're good at that for me that wouldn't work but this kind of works uh and it was also <laughs> not planned again so mm. i don't know uh, for me that is not hard to adjust but it's just I think, uh, yeah, let stuff happen, I would say. Just see. And That's then, quite a nice. Yeah. It's quite a nice story. You've had all these, ta uh, like, accidental yeah. times to reflect and uh, figure out the next step. And yeah. I was wondering, Rick, in your project, uh, do you, how do you define yourself? Are you a creator? Are you a, someone who gathers energies around you to build things? Um, how do you sort of... Uh, perceive yourself in this cr project you create. For example, oh. the kimchi radio was also very, um, a place of gathering a lot. Yeah. So how do you f uh, put yourself or do you visualize your role? Yeah, difficult. Yeah, uh, good question. I, I think uh, what also kimchi is about, uh, was about, was bringing other people together uh, and also producers, uh, music, uh, artists, music-wise, but also brewers. <laughs> You're making a mess, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, should, I was hoping that one happened. Maybe we should ask the pa packaging team what happened <laughs> yeah. here. Just <laughs> open an explosive bottle of beer, but carry on, Rick. Yeah, yeah, no, th th this looks nice. <laughs> um, you can stare at my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you can fill me up in a bit. Yeah, no worries. Um, but um, I think... It, what I like is just to bring these kind of uh, people, producers, I don't know, together and make them uh, also that in one way that there is something that is can be produced, but can also be uh, enjoyed. So there's producers, there's a product, and there's kind of people that like that, consumers in a way. And that all together uh, makes a very unique experience because it all comes from these kind of things that I've been involved with or that I'm interested in are often from grassroots uh, places coming uh, and they have yeah there's something unique to it uh, the character or the product itself and people that want to experience these things they yeah they can find they can help them out because it's also for them kind of an audience and maybe first buyers um, yeah how I see my role in that I don't know I, I, I like to be very much hidden in a way mm-hmm 
but it's also at the same time impossible because I, I also have a, a opportunity or I say a responsibility to make it happen and to make that, to let that voice out of this, right. this group. And here also, I think, I don't know, it's always a, a dual, dualistic experience. I, in a way, like it to tell something about the products or about these beers, but I, I don't want to be too much in it myself. But I, I really feel your charisma and uh, energy is uh, spreading seamlessly in all this project. Uh, you are indeed playing, a, you are a soft, let's say, on a soft role in a way. You are you're present, not being uh, dominant, but your energy and your charisma is always present in this project, which I think is great. So I, I also felt it in Taverno, uh, especially this big painting, I think it was really uh, a great addition to the place, at least for me, yeah. because it's really you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a pig with curls, <laughs> self-portrait. Oh, that's Rick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you meant what you express about the pig, or so what it means. Yeah, I know what you mean. He's like he's kind of got a trademark, whether it's in the environment or the feel to the place, or whether it's a painting of a pig behind the bar. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it maybe in these details then, mm -hmm. uh, although this is a very big pig. But um, but uh, yeah, and and that would be nice. I, I don't. I, I I don't see myself as someone that needs to be on the front all the time, but more bring other things together that mm -hmm. would be good and with these kind of elements yeah 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 are we going to see the return of kimchi radio at any point well it's here eh? at the moment yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah I, i felt a bit uh gutted about it the other day i was sitting next to hugo from red light we were enjoying uh playing some music actually in, in taverno last weekend um and then it was like yeah i missed that radio moment was very special moment in uh, in the week always for me also during Oedipus that you uh, that that I had like always busy with Oedipus but there is one hour in the week that I went to the studio and did that show uh, and I kind of really miss that so um and now I don't have time for it but uh, yeah, maybe in a, in a, when there's a studio again that starts radio broadcasting uh, again I would love to uh, to be part of that again mm. yeah I always enjoyed seeing you behind the decks, uh, Rick. It was always good fun. Thank you. So what's uh, what's next? What's your uh, next big goal for yourself or Willie's, uh, sorry, Taverna, Willie Baker? Yeah. Uh, for Taverna, I think that that becomes, uh, yeah, the place that people uh, want to go to and sit and enjoy the day and night. And again, um, that would be... Uh, already a big uh, accomplishment and yeah so working on the on the fields that we can we get a permit for that i guess uh, next uh, next month right yeah once we have that in i think we can already do stuff in the autumn in the winter although it probably will be cold we can make it into maybe something cozy but then from the spring on that would be um yeah i think huge it's a huge uh beer garden with corona even we can have Hundreds of people uh, distance. That's a very social distance. <laughs> yeah, 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 even uh, so, that's uh, that's uh, that's something that uh, that that I look forward to, and that, which is fun. But uh, yeah, that's the, the furthest I look for now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First, make this happen. Yeah. Nice. Well, 
I have to say, if uh, if you're ever in Amsterdam or you're planning on taking a visit, please check out to you know Willie Baker. It's definitely the best place I've come across recently to drink a pint. But Rick, thank you very much for answering my questions. That was really, really good. Thanks, Rick. Shall we do the quiz? Uh, yes, quiz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a very. I need a new beer for that. Yeah. yeah, technical. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, I have yeah. A beer. You can either have the rubber Robbie or there's another. Ah, uh, mm. uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's have the rubber and Robbie. So Would we you talk like? about this also, rubber Robbie? Did you add it on the show already? No, we haven't. We haven't. Why oh. don't you tell us a little bit about it? Because it, it probably wouldn't come on the show again. But this will be a beer that you know only too well. Yeah, this ah, it smells good. I think it's actually our first collaboration, official collaboration. Uh, oh yeah, it's very foam. Yeah, it used to be. This yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at this! It wasn't my rookie mistake. It no, was no, no, very lively. Uh, and it's it used to be like this also back in the day. I don't know what oh, yeah. it is, um, but uh, Sandra can tell you. It is a collaboration with the Parala. It's yeah. a smoked porter. Uh, and we made this. Whoo. Yeah, way back, I don't know, seven years ago, for the first time. The real different kind of smoked smell than I get from maybe more uh, uh, well-known smoked. Yeah, I think it's more more alcohol in it also, no? Than the Valhalla. Uh, six point uh, five. Yeah, which is pretty. Which is pretty. Smells really strong for some reason. Yeah, that's maybe also the carbonation that comes up so vividly. That's also why the foam is so. Yeah. It is delicious, delicious beer. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's do the quiz while we enjoy this uh, delicious uh, beer, eh? Mm-hmm. So, Victor, you have what questions in front of you? So I do, I do. Uh, Victor's going to keep score, and I always theme the quiz around our guest. And since we've talked a lot about your new little venture, we are going to theme it around drinks and also glassware. All right. Shit, fuck it. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've got a bit more technical on this uh, on, on this week's quiz. So let's see how you go, all right? You can Good. see the leaderboard in front of you. It is a very, really varied I'm like result. the least technical guy out there. You yeah, no, you know, I actually quite like it if I uh, uh, see people sweat a little bit. So oh, yeah. let's see how you go, all right? I think you'll yeah, get I'm a few. I'm going to roll up my sleeves now. Literally. Okay. Question number one, you know, using the right glass for your beer is very important for all-round enjoyment of a beverage, as you will know, Rick. The most And the most commonly drank beer uh, in the world is a Pilsner. Uh, but what year was it invented, the Pilsner? Invented? Yeah, what we, or discovered, however yeah, you yeah. think, or first it's, made. Uh, of course, in Pilsen. It's somewhere in 1800s and then uh, in the latter parts of that uh, century. I can give you the, I'll, I'll give you a point for closest century. It would be, uh, sorry, closest 10th. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. give you a point for that. I mean, you, you, you're, you're nearly there. To, you're yeah. nearly there. Yeah, ten, yeah. 10 years before, after, you will get it. <laughs> so, so uh, 18 something, oh man, oh fuck. 56. Very close. It's actually 1842, but very, very close, uh, okay. Rick. Okay, yeah, I but like... he, you said... Sorry, I didn't mean century. I meant closest 10th. So, uh, like, if, if he would have said 1840, I would have given it him, but he didn't. He said 1850. <laughs> yeah, but it's 1842. Yeah. Yeah, he said 1856. So that's less than 10, right? 
So oh, no. that, that yeah. makes right. me still give oh, uh, get half points. Oh, half a point. Yeah, okay, all right. You right. were really See. close. <laughs> me and Victor sometimes disagree on this. <laughs> Sorry. Quiz, right? Okay, question number two. Uh, which holds more beer, an American pint or an imperial pint? Is it the American or the imperial? Imperial. imperial. That's correct. So the right. imperial is 0.59 litres and the American one is 0.47 litres. Just so you know. Uh, what drink would you find commonly served in a coupe? Uh, cocktail. I'll give you a second guess to be a bit more uh, precise. Coupe. 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 Or coupe, coupe. If you're from France. Oh, yeah. Those English make it sound more fancy and say coupe. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, like actually, the car, you know. We're closer to uh, to, uh, to French. A coupe, uh, a wine. We have to think rush about you. France. A wine, huh? Okay, that's incorrect, but you are close. It's champagne. Yeah, I wouldn't say champagne. It's, champagne is wine. Oh, come on. You said yeah. what drink. Yeah. You so, didn't say what kind of type. Which, Ooh. <laughs> Victor, I'll let you be the judge here. Well, but it's, like, it's fizzy. And if it's, I uh, served you a glass of red wine in a coupe, yeah. you would say, what the fuck's this, right? I would, I would drink it. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm not discriminating at accessible. all. You know? yeah. <laughs> all right. So where in the world would you be able to drink from a thistle glass? Uh, in the UK. Uh, half a point, it's close. Scotland, you know, it's yeah. the national flower of Scotland is a thistle. To uh, Scotland, uh, Scottish ales are traditionally served mm. in a thistle glass. Okay, so um, I'm hoping you'll uh, uh, know what a German boot glass is uh, for this next question. So when drinking from a German beer boot, you must be careful not to do what? To chuck it at once, you need to uh, turn it around. Otherwise, you get uh, the, the bulb of the beer in your face. Yeah, I'll give you a point for that. So it says, drink with the toe pointing outwards. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's a common joke to hand a young drinker uh, the the toe facing in so that when they start drinking, it just like yeah, yeah. splats them in the face. But well done. Whole point for that one. Thank you. Uh, the next question is question number six. So the English tradition of drinking a yard of ale, which is 1.4 litres, uh, what is the world record for drinking a yard in one? Like you mean how in many seconds? seconds? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we were talking about this the other day. Not not the world record, but how did you... They're also spinning it like... There's a technique. You have to wait yeah. till a certain amount of beer is gone before putting yeah, it horizontal. It to, to, yeah. to kind of slow it down in a way. But, um, yeah, Jesus. Uh, I think, you, yeah, very scary. Some people can open up their uh, esophagus yeah. and like... Yeah. Themselves. They open themselves. I don't know. And Yeah, maybe you, uh, you do. Yeah, I don't know. Just guess. guess <laughs> Imagine like, a, you know, when... In yeah, I say it's seven swords. seconds. <sighs> Incorrect. It's five seconds, would you believe? That's Dude, so close. So talented. So close. Yeah. Uh, next question, question number seven. <laughs> How much beer is in a schooner? Oh, uh, schooner exact, I should know. Uh, schooner. It was in a place in Seattle that had schooners. It's an Australian measurement, right? I think it's where it, was where it started, the schooner. Yeah, probably not too small, I would say then. I don't know, man. 
30 centiliters. It's 425, I think. We, I was always told that it's two-thirds of a pint, but yeah, so it looks uh, over half a pint. Horrible questions, man. Yeah. Okay. The next question is, uh, what year was the Willy Baker glass first designed? Yeah. Uh, 1931. Uh, it's not the answer I've got written down. 1954. Oh, yeah. By Willy Steinmeier. Yeah. Uh, so close. The, <laughs> close. Very close. Close. Very close. Very close. <laughs> the English uh, tankard or the English dimple mug uh, has a big handle sticking out of it, as well as being better grip after a few pints. What is the benefit of using a glass with a handle? Not warming up the beer too much. Exactly. Good answer. Very good. Uh, and the last question. What is the name of the one litre glass tanker traditionally seen at Oktoberfest celebrations? Yeah, that's a good uh, good question. Krug or Stein, but that's not uh, the real answer. Um, I don't know. You were close. Mas Krug. The Mas Krug. The yeah. Mas Krug. The Krug. Click is good. Okay, so how did uh, Mr. Rick is Nelson do? Is the last do? one uh, considered half a point or Kruk, zero? Kruk. According to you, Danny. I would say no, because he said it's not ah, a okay. Stein or a Krug. So then I have to count one, two, three, four points, uh, Rick. Four points, Rick. That one. It's not at the bottom. And you're in good company next to uh, Boris de Bayer and also Remy from Chateau. It's Amazing. Not, and Kess from bad. Kepler also. And Kess as well. But let's just uh, finish off, Rick. Thank you very much for chatting to us. That was really good fun. And, uh, thank you, Rick. Pleasure. Thank you, you. I'll catch you next time, guys. Ciao. 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 A very special thanks for listening to the Radio Oedipus podcast. It was a pleasure chatting to Rick and also to Victor. If you're in Amsterdam, head over to Taverna Willy Baker, the new hotspot for pint drinkers like myself. Remember to check out the previous episodes of the podcast by heading to oedipus.com forward slash radio and by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. The podcast is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so remember to like and subscribe on there to keep up to date. The music on today's show is written and composed by Ola iMusic. And tune in next time for more explorations into the culture of beer. 